you have entered the realm of the Witch Files, where imagination meets mystery, creativity meets action, and culture meets magic. Journey with us as we discover the metaphysics found between the page, within the flash of an image, and through the rhythm of sound. Open your hearts and minds and experience where thought forms become manifest, symbols connect to blood memories, and transformation is inevitable. This is The Witch Files. Greetings, I'm Karen, and I welcome you to this episode of The Witch Files, a podcast that reviews popular media featuring themes involving the occult in all its incarnations. But before I begin, beware, this show will contain spoilers. Hello, and welcome to episode 23 of The Witch Files. I am your host, Karen Cruz. Today, I've decided to do something a little different from my longer format episodes. Instead of focusing on one piece of popular media, I've decided to do an episode in which I just briefly talk about various projects that I've enjoyed, or even continued to enjoy over the past year. I won't be providing in-depth reviews, but will be giving you my brief general impressions on each media. Some of the projects on my list may end up as longer format episodes in the future, so I'll keep it brief so as not to spoil those episodes in the future. I tried to pick projects that hit most of the broader categories, from books to movies to TV shows. The list will be in no particular order, and the purpose is to just have fun recommending some media that you might enjoy as well. So let's just get right into it, shall we? Number one on my list is the television series The Frankenstein Chronicles, starring Sean Bean which is currently streaming on Netflix. The Frankenstein Chronicles is a British Gothic horror and crime series that takes place in the late 1800s in London, England. Sean Bean plays Inspector John Marlowe, who is a river police officer who is responsible for investigating crimes committed along the riverways. During an undercover sting in which Marlowe apprehends a gang of opium smugglers, he discovers the dead body of a young child who has washed up on the shore of the river. The medical examiner autopsies the body and discovers that this child is not one person, but is made up of a composite of at least eight different children. This gruesome discovery impels Marlowe on an investigative path that leads him down the dark underbelly of medicine, science, and politics. A world where grave robbers traffic in cadavers and body parts to the medical establishment, where murderous gangs provide fresh bodies when those cadavers run low, and where the children of the poor are singled out as ideal commodities. The series is a reimagining of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, but it never feels derivative or disrespectful of its source material. The show is well cast and acted. 
Sean Bean is exceptional as Marlowe, a tough, experienced, and compassionate police officer with a very interesting past. The production of the show is also top-notch. The story is a slow burn, but remains engaging and atmospheric, especially for those of you interested in gothic horror, mad science, and the supernatural. The first two seasons are up on Netflix, and each season is only six episodes long, so it is easy to binge-watch. The series has been renewed for a third season to begin filming soon. Number two on my list is the 2016 movie A Dark Song, which is also currently streaming on Netflix. A Dark Song is an independent horror film from Ireland that was written and directed by Liam Gavin and starring Steve Oram and Catherine Walker. The movie is about an English woman named Sophia, played by Catherine Walker, who is grieving the death of her murdered seven-year-old son. She rents a house in a remote area of Wales and hires ceremonial magician Joseph Solomon, played by Steve Oram, to perform the Abramelin operation, which is a months-long ritual rite to summon and engage in conversation with one's holy guardian angel. Catherine also hopes to speak to her dead son. Unfortunately, she also hides her true intentions from Solomon, which leads the two of them down a terrifyingly dark path. I found this movie through the recommendation of my former co-host, Sabrina Khan, and I want to thank her for the recommendation because it is a gem of a movie. The film is small and intimate, following only the two main central characters, and the story is very character-driven. The plot unfolds slowly and quietly. If you're expecting the quick action and jump scares of your typical occult horror movie, then I'm afraid you will be disappointed. Although the movie is described as horror, it is more of a psychological thriller with supernatural and horror elements. It doesn't mean that the film is devoid of scary moments, but rather that they are subtle and spring from the shadowy psyche of the characters. The film is also a beautiful meditation on grief, the power of forgiveness, and what we wouldn't do to have one last moment with our deceased loved ones. It also has some beautifully filmed ritual scenes. The last 20 to 30 minutes of the movie, for me, were intense and moving, and I found myself tearing up at the end. The movie stayed with me for days, and trust me, that is more than I can say about many productions these days. Number three on my list is the novel The Fortune Teller by Gwendolyn Womack, which was released in June of 2017. This book is a mystery thriller about a young woman named Semele Kavnow, who is an antiques appraiser for a Manhattan auction house. Her specialty is ancient manuscripts, and so she is sent to Switzerland to appraise the manuscript collection of a recently deceased client. While appraising the collection, Semele discovers a manuscript that dates from the time of Cleopatra VII of Egypt. The author of the manuscript is a young woman who identifies herself as the Oracle of Sekhmet. 
In her manuscript, she describes a tarot deck that she uses as a divinatory tool for her prophecies. The tarot deck has been lost to history, but Semele knows the manuscript is the find of a lifetime. Unfortunately, her life is quickly turned upside down, and she finds that there are other agents out there that also want the manuscript and will do anything to get it, including killing for it. The book is a quick, light, and fun read that contains nuggets of tarot history and mentions some of the important individuals who had a hand in creating that history. The book has fun playing with the theory that the tarot originated in ancient Egypt, a theory that has been debunked by tarot historians today. The story has issues, and there were scenes that had me rolling my eyes, but if you are a tarot lover like myself, you will enjoy the tarot references and the stories of the lives of some of the women who served as the Oracle of Sekhmet. Number four on my list is the 2016 graphic novel Ghosts, written by Raina Telgemeier and published by Scholastic. Ghosts is the story of a teenager named Katrina and her family who moved from Southern California to a fictional town called Bahia de la Luna in Northern California. The family has moved to Northern California to help the health of Katrina's younger sister, Maya, who has cystic fibrosis. While in Bahia de la Luna, the two sisters explore their Mexican heritage and discover the townspeople's relationships with their deceased loved ones. The book ends with a lovely celebration of El Día de los Muertos in November. This graphic novel was such a beautiful exploration of not only sisterhood, but also the acceptance of death and the importance of honoring one's ancestors. The book hit me in all the right feels, and I found myself smiling and tearing up, sometimes at the same time while reading it. In 2017, Ghost won the Eisner Award for Best Publication for Kids, ages 9 to 12, but in my opinion, it is a book that can be enjoyed by adults as well, and has a lot of timely wisdom to offer readers of all ages. Lily Moon, I see your face, I sit inside without a trace. Trail behind and ride your wake in lily white, yet blushing crimson in the night. Will you be leaving with the light? And creeping over with the shadows at my side. The moonlight yields the sigh, I step and turn while you stick feathers in my back. This flying lesson leaves a track. Winding to the hills I lit with shoulders burning Fire feather quills The darkness burns away The darkness burns away Lily moon, I see your face inside These eyes my own will trace 
suddenly a ray of such lily white did spread its arms out in the night. These arms did clasp and sigh, for just as in a dream, awoken inside two streets before unseen. I thank you for these eyes that faded from my sight. I did try, try to hold piercing grass, but it was gray, it was gray. Oh, oh, log perched on high, nodded into sight, but it was gray, it was gray. Oh, it was gray. Memory saved my sight, memory came back to me, and I saw a twisted trunk, scattered mold, black and speckled. Spotted stone hailing in with a cold wind whistle past an oak dancing green peace between wall of streets of ancient oak made of water quilt below grown of lightning breath and bone grown of lightning breath and Without a trace, trail behind and ride your wake in lily white, yet blushing crimson in the light. Will I be leaving at your side? Number five on my list is the ongoing comic book series Coyotes, written by Sean Lewis with art by Caitlin Yarsky. The book is published by Image Comics and issue number one was released in November of 2017. Coyotes was recommended to me by fellow podcaster Melissa Megan, who co-hosts the wonderful horror podcast Sirens of Scream. Sirens of Scream just happens to be on my list, and we will talk about it a little later. Coyotes takes place in the fictional city of Lost Girls, which is located on the border between the United States and Mexico. The women of this city are mysteriously disappearing, and a pack of vicious wolves turn out to be the culprits. In response to this, a band of surviving women come together to wage war against the wolves, which turn out to not be your garden-variety wolves. Detective Frank Coffey 
comes to town to investigate the disappearances and comes across a badass little Mexican girl with a big sword named Red, who is an enforcer for this band of women. Red has a score to settle with these wolves as she lost both her mother and sister to them. The writer Sean Lewis has described the book as Underworld meets Sicario and as Kill Bill meets The Howling, and I couldn't agree more. Coyotes is a revenge story that mixes dark fairy tales and myths with the graphic violence of a Tarantino film. But the most wonderful thing about this book and what makes it stand out to me is its smart commentary on the victimization of women in contemporary society. In addition, the female archetypes explored in the book are varied, unconventional, and powerful. The first trade paperback collecting issues 1 through 4 comes out on April 11th, and trust me, it is a great way to read the first story arc. Number six on my list is the podcast, The Witch Wave, which began airing in October of 2017. As a podcaster, I'm always on the hunt for quality shows, particularly about the witchcraft community. The Witch Wave is the brainchild of Pam Grossman, who we know from her tremendously successful blog, Phantasmophile. In her new podcast, Pam interviews artists and other visionary people whose work has an esoteric slant to it. The show focuses on the interaction between art, culture, and magic, and has featured guests as varied as a photographer who photographs ghosts and mediums, a dominatrix with a witchy bent, and a painter of witches. A recent favorite episode of mine was her interview with Anna Biller, the director of the movie The Love Witch. Her latest interview is with actor Rachel True, who played Rochelle on the witch cult classic The Craft. Pam is a warm and engaging host, which makes the current 12 episodes an easy and pleasurable binge. You can find the show on iTunes or Stitcher, or by going to the show's website on witchwavepodcast.com. Number seven on my list is the horror podcast, Sirens of Scream, hosted by Melissa Megan, Jackie DeVore, and Sierra Hauk. We all know that the world of nerd podcasts is littered with dudes aplenty, and horror podcasts are no different. So it was tremendously refreshing to find a podcast about popular horror culture that was hosted not by one, but three women who are genuine fans and really know their horror. What I love about the show is that rather than focusing on the current horror news and happenings, they choose a horror topic or trope, and then they proceed to do an excellent analysis of it during the episode. Each episode also contains a list of cool recommendations, and once a year during the month of October, they do an episode called 31 Days of Horror, where they provide a horror movie recommendation for each day of the month in celebration of Halloween. From time to time, they'll have a guest on the show to join in on the discussion 
or feature a horror creator's work. They recently had a great episode featuring comic writer Colin Bunn, who writes the excellent Horror County at Image Comics. The ladies who host the show are warm, intelligent, funny, sassy, and have easy, friendly banter between them. The podcast episodes are released on a bi-monthly schedule, and you can find them on iTunes or Stitcher, or you can listen directly by going to their website at meganerdmedia.com. And finally, number eight on my list is the YouTube channel Kellyanne Maddox. Anyone who knows me in real life knows what a passion I have for the tarot and for cardomancy in general. This passion, some might say obsession, led me to check out the tarot community on YouTube. I found Kellyanne Maddox's channel during a general search for tarot channels, and boy, was that a great find. Kellyanne is a spiritual counselor, professional tarot reader, and chaos witch from the UK. Her YouTube channel is chock full of videos on such varied topics as witchcraft and paganism, the tarot, ritual, shadow work, and self-love. Her videos focus on the intersection between psychology and the spiritual, which for me is endlessly fascinating. She is brilliant, articulate, warm, and funny, but most importantly, she is generous with sharing her experiences as a witch and card slinger. So, my lovelies, that is all I have for today's episode. I will be back next month with a review of the fiction book, The Fortune Teller, and I'll be delving into some delicious tarot history during the episode. Thank you for joining me for another episode of The Witch Files. For more information about what I reviewed today, check out the show notes on my blog at thewitchfiles.com and on thewitchfiles.blogspot.com, and that's witch with a Y. Also included in the notes for each episode is a YouTube playlist of related goodies. And I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line at thewitchfiles at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where I am at The Witch Files. Let me know how I'm doing, or if there's something you're dying for me to review. And of course, if you're liking what you hear, spread the word or rate and review the show on iTunes. It helps others find the show. So, until next time, namaste. All critical reviews featured on The Witch Files are for entertainment purposes only. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of those sole individuals expressing them and do not reflect the views of the artist and or artistic property being reviewed. In addition, Witch Files does not receive any compensation or endorsements in exchange for their reviews. All company names mentioned within the podcast are trademarks or registered trademarks of their respective holders. Everyone loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free. 
and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.